Tonight on the Fanatic Forum, I've got two great guests that we're going to talk all kinds of good geek stuff. We've got new comics to share, and of course, we're talking a little bit about this guy right here, the old God of Thunder, and frankly, what I'm most excited about, the premiere of The Goats of Thunder, right after this. Happy Friday and welcome to the Fanatic Forum. I'm your Fanatic and host, George Bueller. So good to have y'all with us again this week here. We got all kinds of good geek stuff to talk about. Uh, we are having a literal three-host crossover here on the Fanatic Forum here tonight, so I'm excited about that. Uh, we got all kinds of good comics to share with you guys. Uh, of course, we'll be talking about whatever kind of geek stuff that just happens to pop up on our radar. But yeah, so all sort of that but let's just get on with the show here and introduce first and foremost uh you know him because he's been on the show before uh, my new geek brother in arms the host of and i quote and co-host of uh the, the, the back issue breakfast club your friend and mine ryan permission i can't talk today <laughs> <laughs> no no you can't because you're all thawed out but listen it's good to be here. It's good to see you. I'm also the co-host of Comic Books, The New Class, with one half of Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, Crayley Vanessa. Crayley, if you're watching this, I love you, girl, uh, in a brotherly, sisterly way, because you know, you're, you, you've are you got the love of your life. I'm not going to intrude on that. See, this is getting exactly. weird already. I've been here for two seconds. It but is uh, Cray, let's just say this. Crayley, we love you as a collective here at uh, back at the Cereal Box. That's the best thing to say. But it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. This is going to be one ruckus of a ride. It sure is. And speaking of a ride here, and of course, you asked that there's going to be a three-host crossover here. So coming over to us from the Cosplay Cafe, making her fanatic form debut here, Andrea, wonderful. Hello. Look, everybody that watches me on the Cosplay Cafe can finally see what I look like out of a costume. There's real hair. <laughs> this is all mine. Here you go. <laughs> that goes under those wigs. <laughs> Man. But what would I be without at least a little cosplay piece? And you know. I know that, that that helmet is gorgeous. So here we go. That's a nice yeah. looking helmet. Uh, it's a little heavy. Um, it's three D printed, but she makes a beautiful mantelpiece. So yeah. Uh, so how's everybody doing? Doing well, man. Uh, uh, you know, happy Flashback Friday. It's good to be back. <laughs> Andrew, how are you? I am pretty good. Been a busy day, but. We're here. <laughs> She's, we're gonna need another drink for this, folks. <laughs> look, look, I'm trying. We're trying. We jokingly say we're trying to get Dr. Pepper to sponsor the Cosplay Cafe because I drink enough on there. So. <laughs> yeah, I must have drank myself about 15 Dr. Peppers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> look, okay. I am in the South, but I am not that far south. Okay. All right. That was Tennessee, my not quite Alabama. Yeah, not, not quite. 
that far south. Okay. Yeah, just I was just voting for the 94 film Forrest Gump. It's no big deal. Look, I, I, I'd say, you know, it's very appropriate for me to cosplay Rogue because I'm down here in the south, right? Right before the Mississippi border, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. So, yeah, I, I, we're I'm down here like, in the south. Love it. I, I was uh, slinging paper all day at the uh, my, my local comic book store, so. Mm-hmm. Not a bad place to sling paper. I know. Seriously, you're you're surrounded by nerdum. What's better than that? I, I know he's he's making it sound like it's suffering. Yeah, no, no not, not forever. I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing too. There's sometimes like, I'll come home and I'm sore or whatnot. And I'm like, I worked in a comic book store all day. I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, I've been uh, I've been uh, mostly for like the last week or so. Uh, like we've had all this back stock. It's like like the last year, year and a half sort of stuff. And so I've been pricing all that, getting out on the sales floor, all that jazz, getting organized. So I'm going to go with a little indie stuff. So I'm almost finished with that. Uh, but the really exciting stuff is that downstairs in our basement where we got some storage, uh, there are three pallets worth of long boxes. Jeez. And God that knows. That sounds like heaven. Can we have some of those? Is that Valhalla? That's Valhalla, right? When you That's where you go when you die? The basement oh, full yeah. of long boxes? Uh, I could do for some more lighting uh, down there because, like, though there's like three pallets of wonderful, it has the lighting of like a Saw movie. Oh <laughs> no! You need better lighting, bro. Well, it's okay. And at least they're not no fading, no fading on the comics, though. So no. <laughs> you're, you're good there. You need to get some extra lights, though. Well, I mean, it's basically we've got light. We've got a processing area that we've set up that you know once I can start working on that stuff, yeah. Then I'll be you know doing that, but y'all, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait because, like I said, it just that could be anything down there. Yeah, yeah. Clobber and Comic are always buying collections, so there you go. If you got stuff to sell, man, they're buying. And I'm processing man. it, so I always end up coming home with a lot of things. That's the dangerous part of the job. Yeah, paychecks go real fast. <laughs> yeah, I was saying. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys, let me grab this real quick. I don't know if you guys got to uh, see the uh, show last week, but we had someone come in uh, uh, with some uh, books that their grandparents bought uh, or their parents bought um, in the 90s. Uh, hmm. And it's all Golden Age stuff. Hmm. And so I've never seen one of these in the wild. And now hmm. I have the pleasure of owning Captain America issue 48. Jeez. Uh, Look at that cover, man! Uh, it's it's a my little heart. That's but some a deep cut, Captain for, America. But a little chewed up for books from then are practically mint condition because there's so few of them. Yeah. I know, and this is this is pre Marvel Captain America. This is Jeez. yeah, that is some That's, crazy stuff. Right okay, there. that this is this is how my family got into comics. Ryan's kind of heard a little bit of the story. My dad was a big Superman fan. My dad was born the year that Captain America came out. My dad was born in 1941. Yeah. He had a lot of those comics. He had the first appearance of Superman. Yeah. And then when he moved out of his parents' house, my grandparents went, what do you want us to do with these? And he goes, just throw them out. Oh, <laughs> so he didn't Just's know that they were going to be worth oh, anything. They're worth a gold mine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, he had no idea. I, I, I so kind of, yeah, my, dad. Oh, my sound went away. Hold on, my yeah, audio, yeah, my my, my earbuds decided to die on me. That's sad. So oh, at least we can still hear you though. Yeah, you can hear me. I have a separate mic, but my earbuds, even though they were charging, decided to die on me. So, Aww. but here we are. 
Yeah, my, my dad did a very similar, they had a similar thing where he had a collection for a while, he and his brothers. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the brothers kept some of his books. I don't know if he still has them or not, but dad <laughs> got most rid of all his. And he was into Iron Man and, uh, you know, some of the early Marvel stuff. Yeah. I, it, it's funny, he didn't tell me when I really started getting hardcore into collecting that he had the first issue of Blue Beetle, which he's like, oh, I hated the book. It was terrible. I threw it away. And I was like, he's like, how much is that worth? Like, oh, mint condition, $64,000. This was like in the 80s. And so, what? You know, so. That, that, was, that was my dad. We went to Wizard World in Chicago in 2000, when it was the only Wizard World around. Mm-hmm. And he saw one of those Superman comics, and he asked the guy how much it was. And he just turned and looked at us with the most defeated look on his face. And he goes, guys, we would have been rich. <laughs> he's like, but nobody knew, you know, because... What when the, when the boom happened in the '90s when everybody just started like stockpiling? It's like guys, those comics aren't going to be worth anything. There's a ton of them. These are worth mm-hmm. so much because there's only a couple left around. Kids threw them out yeah. when they were done. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, that, back then. and that '90s image stuff is still you know filled with dollar bins. You know, it's oh like, yeah. You know, like if you know a couple like the first issues of Spawn, some of those are still kind of collector's items, but they're still you can still find a, a number one real easy. Uh, funny thing with Spawn is like there's a run of like the late hundreds and the late two hundreds where the print run got real low and people stopped mm-hmm. caring. Yeah. And then so those books are like high dollar books because of just the rarity of them. Nothing really, you know, probably fantastic. I mean, there's probably some stuff that happens, but you know, nothing like huge. But yeah, no, no world changing storylines. But I tell people I collect comics because I love them, not because I'm expecting to sell them off someday. It's the long boxes are full of books that I wanted because I wanted them, not because I'm speculating the market or anything. Yeah. Well, and Ryan, you've said before that you got into comics because of movies and the TV shows. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Once the MCU really started booming and like other stuff was happening at the time. Um, and the DCEU was trying to establish itself, which unfortunately didn't do so well. Um, especially with the stuff that's going on now with a certain actor in Hollywood. Good God, that guy's out of his mind. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been a blast, man. I've loved I've loved the ride. You know, I've read good. I've read some not so good. But I'm you know I'm diving back into the well and um, trying to learn as much as I can because there's a lot of history. <laughs> Granted, I'm not going to read all five billion, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read something. And uh, granted, if you tune into comic books, the new class, hashtag always promote your stuff, you may learn a thing or two because we've read a thing or two. That's so there right. you go. I mean, that, that's how it is. Like my brother, when my sister-in-law wanted to start getting into comics, my youngest brother looks at her. She's like, where do I start? Do I start at the beginning? He's like, no, no, you're not going to be able to get to the beginning. Because he fell in love with the Winter Soldier with the, the Captain America movie. And yeah, he's like, yeah, if you want to like the Winter Soldier, he's like, you can't go back to his origins because you have to go back to the very beginning with Captain America. He's like, just pick up a book and go. He's like, just pick up one that looks interesting and yeah. dive in. You know, they Definitely. say, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, but that's the point of the cover. We do it to anyway. draw you in. I we mean, do it anyway. We always tell people never to judge, but we do it anyway because if the cover looks hot cover. and glorious, like that one, the even though art I've never gem covers. Oh. But if it looks good, you're like, dude, shut up and take my money. I want to read this now. Yeah, though I will, I will take funky art over bad writing. If there's a little bit funky art, but an amazing story, yeah. Because if yeah. the story's not good, I put it down and don't finish it, so I don't even get to look at the rest of the pretty art. 
It's fair. It's fair. But it's I mean, fun. I do love the artists. I mean, I've got an artist brother. I've got a writer brother. So yeah, you got nerdy, nerdy people in your family. Frankly, because no one in my family is nerdy but me. Which is yeah, sad. there's. And uh, look, my mom even cosplays with me, and she's 73 years old. So. See? Like, there's no way my mama bear would be caught dead. Oh, okay, my mom at an, in a comic book convention can... I don't know how she has conned some of these dealers into no these deals that she's gotten. Like, my mom has come back with stacks of books. She's like, I only paid like 20 bucks for this. And we're like... How did you do it? Like, take us with you next time? <laughs> I was like, what are you going to do? Not say no to my 73-year-old mom? I wish I could get like 100 books for 20 bucks. That would be nice. She's a master at it. I don't know what she does, but it's impressive. You get those Jedi mind tricks going on in that family of yours. We do like Star Wars, too. So That's another thing I enjoy. Thank you. Yeah, or yes. like, does she like you know play off like the sweet grandma? Oh, I want to you know no. these kids, or or I'm just you know kind of looking at it, and so just kind of like my great grandkids. Yeah. No, no, mom, mom is she? She just she just goes, hey, I picked all these books up, make me a deal, and that's what she does. You know, I need to start traveling with your family more to conventions. Well, come on down here to Memphis, and you can, you can come to a couple of cons down here, and mom will mom will go. I've never been to the state of Tennessee, so this would be new territory for me. Well, mom will go vendor shopping with you then. Woo! I love the vendors area because vendors are great people, and they deserve support too. So support small businesses, people. Yeah, I see. I, I love Memphis. I haven't been in a real long time. Uh, we, matter of fact, my wife and I were going to take a trip before COVID happened yeah. because we've never been to Memphis. Oh. Uh, and I, haven't, I haven't been in like I don't know, fifteen or some odd years. So uh, you and I, we got to get down there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool town. We got to do, <laughs> do some travel. We got to do a back of the cereal box world tour. You know, we keep know. saying that we're all going to take a, a tour of all the, the Memphis people from down here up oh, to man. the wine and cheese castle in Wisconsin with Kelly. So, oh, God, that's yeah. going to be our plan. <laughs> that's going to be one heck of a trip, George. A lot of Memphis folks between between hosts and guests we've had. So it's amazing how many of you live in Tennessee. Well, it, it, Johnny's going to be in my neck of the woods uh, this weekend because he's going to be at, at uh, Imaginarium. So he's going to be in oh, Louisville nice. about 45 minutes for me, but he has to pass, pass you know, go past uh, my yeah. uh, town to get there. Yeah. So so I'll wave. <laughs> away from afar, yeah. Well, I've, I've got a packed weekend because uh, I'm taking my niece and nephew uh, to see Thor tomorrow. Uh, and, of mm. course, my wife's going as well. So it's our it's already our second time. We watched it last night. Yeah, yeah. So we we both enjoyed it. So I, I, you know, I I have my ups and down feelings about it, but I won't say too much. (laughs) Yeah, it's I I I really to me it was you know handled you know like the the darkness of you know the last movie Ragnarok was kind of well handled with the comedy and the you know dark subject matter, and we get more of the same with that again. there were some parts I could have done a little more with, you know, with Pacey. I could have gone with more uh, gore in there. He was, you know, in there enough, but I could have gone with him a little more. Um, the whole beginning where you get Thor hanging out with the Guardians, I could have done with a lot more of that. I could have done with a lot less of that. <laughs> wow, look at these conflicting opinions. I, I love the comics for the Guardians of the Galaxy. I am not a fan of the movies. The first one I will watch again. The second one I have seen twice. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't vibe with them. And like I said, if other people enjoy them, great. Uh, you know, I don't want to take anyone's joy away. 
they just okay one of my biggest complaints is i don't like what they did with mantis i i love her in the comics and she's nothing but the butt of the joke and she's she's a very serious character in the comics and not as i'm also missing cosmo i need more cosmo you're supposed to have the russian cosmonaut dog <laughs> i would love to have him you know be more involved in the team and whatnot because it's just all I mean, we saw was a little quick bit of him in the first one and that was and it you get, you get a little flash from again the second but still it's like you know if we can get past a walking talking tree and a creature that resembles a raccoon but isn't exactly a raccoon that's quite certainly I, will say, I do like rocket i do think he has been done well in the movies i enjoy rocket but yeah. the rest of it i'm not as yeah, it's, it's, we can get past those two characters and get America to wrap their hands and hearts around those guys, then we can bring in a telepathic cosmonaut dog. They're making a Super Pets movie over at DC, so, you know, clearly <laughs> the pets are getting love over there. You got the pets, okay? Cosmo kind of runs things, okay? <laughs> He's All not right. I, you know, He's This, this shows what little I know about this universe, because Marvel, it's too much. There's a yeah. lot. Yeah, uh, this is basically uh, from the uh, Dan Abnett, uh, Andy Lanning run of Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of like the early 2000s. Yes. Uh, well, my brother refers to it as the DNA run. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. uh, I, I love I, that run. I love it. And the one character I really, really want to see in the Guardians, but because of the whole Micronauts problem, we probably will never see Bug. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the only Bug is amazing. Yeah, it's like unless we get like a flat, because I am convinced we're going to see the Micronauts in the next Ant-Man movie. Yes. Yeah, because we we got some some form of that, because like we're going to the quantum realm and going to hang out in there for a long period of time. That's their house. That's their home. Like, so, yeah. I want to see Bug. I love Bug. He's such an amazing character. Oh, and now Thor says hi, everybody. Hey, (laughs) Thor. No, my, sorry, my boys are a little Oh, uh, Chris well, Hemsworth he, is not here tonight. I wish. <laughs> Even though Andrea and George will probably pass out, but um, um yeah. yes. Well, I, I, my, my wife's hanging over at a friend's house right now. If Chris showed up, uh, I would be probably like single, and you know, <laughs> Chris would have a stalker. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or like yeah, a stalker, or, well, you know, like Jason Boy showed up or something like that. So. Look, we'll take okay. we'll take Thor however we can get Thor. We'll take yeah. him as as the Odin son. We'll take him as Jane. Take him as a frog. Yeah, I kind of yeah. love frog. Stranger frog. things have happened in the Marvel universe. No pun intended. Stranger things that just dropped recently on Netflix. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know if y'all caught this or not, but uh, Thor: uh, Love and Thunder has been in a Hemsworth family affair mm. because, of course, we you know. Luke Hemsworth is in there playing the actor Thor. You know, as okay, I, yeah. I love I love that part. I love him playing Thor and Matt Damon playing Loki. You mean Matt Damon? It's not so, Matt Damon. It's Matt Damon. It's so ridiculous and perfect, and I love it. Uh, and sorry, sorry to spoil this. Melissa McCarthy as Hela is an inspired choice. <laughs> it was really interesting. Really. Is that is yes. that true? Wow. 
Yes. Oh my God. It's like, it, it, it's, that's another scene I would like to go on for a lot longer. Uh, Natalie Portman claims there's a lot on the cutting room floor of this movie. So well, because Taika Waititi loves to improv. And so there's probably so many. Probably a six hour extended cut they'll put out on Blu-ray next month. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus next week. Well, Disney Plus. It'll be on Disney Plus next month anyway, too. So it's like, hey, you saw this version. I'll see this one. Yeah, and they're like, so are you going to sit through it and watch the 12-hour run? Yes. Yes, Probably. we are. Uh, but, but speaking aside from Luke, uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth's wife uh, is in the movie. And really? Elsa's in there? No yeah. Uh, also, one of, his, uh, one of his twin sons and his daughter is in the movie. Yep. And he's the executive producer on this one, so. Yeah. Boy, Chris, you've been holding out on me, brother. I didn't get this memo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And his his daughter is like okay. I, I got a feeling she's going to steal the show in a later project. So because she kind of the brief part she's in the movie, she yeah. kind of steals it. So it's like okay, we got we got we got some on our hands here. This well, I mean, she's bound to have a little, at least a little bit of talent because you know both of her parents are very accomplished actors. So yeah, talent runs in the family in Hollywood. Yeah, some Australian genes running thick mm -hmm. in there. I still can't get over Chris making a quick cameo during a weather report in Australia. Remember that woman was like trying to talk about the weather and then Chris just walked past her. Do you remember that? It was a like news station in Australia. He's like, so we got some pulses we have over here in the paddock. Whoa, what are you doing? And then she's like, we're trying to do the weather. Like, And he just like took over the whole thing. It was hilarious. Look it up. It's on YouTube, Andrew. It's on YouTube. He has great comedic timing. I will say that as much as I wish they would have cut back some of the humor mm. his timing is great <laughs> and i like how in like some of his other movies outside of marvel stuff he's found that and kind of brought that into the yes. four movies. he can do very good dramatic but he can do very good comedy too well, I, well a great example of that is uh, a rare remake of a classic comedy that i think is on par is the vacation remake uh not sure if y'all ever saw this it is really, really funny. I would highly recommend seeing an unrated version if you can, because there's even more stuff in there. But uh, basically, this is the grown-up Rusty from the Vacation franchise, and yeah. it's his it family helps. trying to recreate a Wally World. Yeah, Christina Applegate, I think, um, is his wife uh, in this. Rusty one. played by. Yeah, Rusty, yeah, Ed Helms is Rusty. Christina Applegate's the wife. Uh, yeah, the wife uh, Clark yeah. and Ellen do make a cameo appearance. Mm -hmm. um, so, but uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Chris Hemsworth is Audrey's husband. Oh, Audrey got house. hitched. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know Audrey that was canon. Got, I wasn't sure. Yeah, Audrey got hitched to a uh, highly conservative TV weatherman played by Chris Hemsworth, uh, who. Love sure showing off his physical gift. Yeah, I, I saw in the trailer, George. You don't have to remind me. <laughs> yeah, don't do not remind me of that stuff, man. Um, yeah, whatever. But hey, Andrew, you can make that your Saturday night uh, movie night. Who cares? <laughs> You'll have fun with it, I'm sure. There, there's a couple awkward poses uh, that he does in that movie. That's kind of like I can't. Did they really I'm just do that? Like yeah, weird headlights kind of thing. It's like, why am I staring mm -hmm. at this? I yeah, but yeah. Mm. So anyway, so <laughs> anyway, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk comics. 
we, we kind of on it look it's just like on the cosplay cafe we our train is never on the tracks it's somewhere out in the desert away from the track right. so, so basically every time you show up you pull christopher lloyd where we're going we don't need roads <laughs> or complete logical train of thought <laughs> Maybe that's uh, too. I don't know. But we all, but we love you all all the same on cosplay cap. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of probably undiagnosed ADHD going on. Probably, <laughs> I've seen some episodes. Trust me, I've seen them. You've seen me You've in been the comments. A guest on our show. I've seen a few things in my life. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I've been a guest on almost every show on this network. I don't think I'm missing any. Well, except I haven't been on Cryptid Crunch, but that's a whole other ball of wax. Have you been on the Ice Cream Queens yet? No, I haven't been on that. But those are some cool cats, those women. Those are some cool cats. Oh, yes. Those are some more local Memphis ladies. So. Yeah, again, yeah, more reasons why we should all move to, we should all go to Tennessee one day. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I personally, yeah. I'd like to be on the uh, the ice cream queens. I would um, like to be on that, too. They sound like a good group of people. Well, Talk I mean, horror and eat ice cream. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in a lot of the same horror stuff when they're in, like, talking about, like, you know, serial killers and true crime yeah. stuff. So, I mean, I, I watch the show, you know, you know, get into it anyway. But, and yeah, I, I wish I got into the cosplay stuff because there's some people who are surprised that I'm not because, you know, I'm a tall guy and I've, you know, got and a And you large... have 50,000 nerdy shirts. Well, but yeah, I just, like, I don't know. I think it's just, like, I did, like, a little bit of, you know, cosplay, mm-hmm. you know, you know, did, like, some costumes stuff like that when I was younger, but then I kind of yeah. just... I don't know, maybe it was like, you know, self-conscious. It was not a body positive sort of thing like that. Yeah. So I just decided not to do it. And I just never got I understand that roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I've done the, this, the Cosplay like, Cafe is here to help you, George. That's what we're here for is body positivity. Everybody can cosplay. I started 20 years ago. I've been doing it for 20 years and started at a size 4 and now a 14. So I've been through the roller coaster of body positivity going i shouldn't do this <laughs> who cares have fun yeah I, it's it's fun, fun, it's fun, you know, you know I, I did lose like a little bit of weight a few years mm-hmm. back so i don't know i just i maybe now like, i could totally pull off the uh uh the uh sad thor in armor uh you know <laughs> so you know I, I can pull that off you know nice and you know. he gave a lot of people a reason to go you know what i can be a superhero like yeah. if thor could do it I love when he turned into the Viking look at the end of Endgame. Like, yeah. he didn't get ripped. He still had, like, the, the – he was overweight, but the hair and the look. He had the I dad was, bod. Yeah. The dad bod, but he was a Viking warrior, and I loved that. That was so cool to me. Uh, I, I, I marked out over, like, his beard twisting up. Like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, get the beard going. Yeah. Yes. Get the, love the beard. <laughs> yeah, that was – there was there was so many moments definitely in Endgame where I was really really marking out uh, so much so yeah <laughs> actually uh, here uh, Andre, my buddy Andre is saying that uh, I can be peacemaker if go I right ahead to. man John Cena's you know <laughs> I'm sure he'd support you he's all over the place who he says I can be one of the Warriors three yeah I'm just uh, gonna ball stag ball stag <laughs> yeah yeah I was trying to think. What was I've thought about one? doing a Sif cosplay before so do it. We can do, do the whole it. Lady Sif and Warriors 3. Whatever happened to her? Did she show up in this one? Does Lady Sif show up in this one? 
She does. Oh, finally, Jamie Alexander, where the frack have you been, woman? I loved when she did those, like, two episodes in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the first two seasons, when she cameoed. Those were some of the best. I loved her coming in. She's a talented actress. I've known her since her Kyle XY on ABC Family Days. She is. I I love you a lot. Get more jobs, woman. And in Ragnarok, I was I kept waiting for her to show up, and she never did. Never done and I'm like anything in the MCU in a long time until apparently you just told me that she drops like hell in Love and Thunder. Okay, great, Jamie, great, but more stuff. You need more jobs. I want to see you yeah. in more movies. And the only reason why she wasn't in Ragnarok is because she was doing her show. Was it the Blind Spot? Blind Spot. Yeah. Blind Spot. Yeah. I watched that. I watched that show the first season, maybe two, I think it was, and then I just kind of like I was like, okay. It was one of those I always thought about watching and never made it. It's it's good the first season or two, but after season two, I'm like, there's really nowhere to go. Just end the story. But then they kept giving it more and more seasons. It's like, yeah, no. Some some things in life, known as television, should be miniseries, not full length, <laughs> twenty two episode season. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Look what Disney Plus does every one of their shows is eight episodes and then done. You can make a tight show with a tight storyline. It can be done. Just map it out. Draw a bloody map. It's not that hard. So, Jamie Alexander, I've loved you since the first moment I met you in Kyle XY. I want to see you do more in Hollywood. Do more movies, girl, because you are a bad I love her as Lady Sif, and I need more of Lady Sif because she's a badass. And to be perfectly honest with you, let me tell you something about Thor. I actually thought that Lady Sif was going to end up with Thor after Dark World because they hinted at it. They hinted at a romantic intertwininess. Sometimes in the comics. And and Thor, and I'm like, that is perfect. She is Thor's wife in Norse mythology. Lady Sif is his wife. And... Yeah, they've had some stuff in the comics, but... Yep. At least she succeeded in the comics, but they never did it in the movies. I'm like, why didn't yeah, you? Because Jamie Alexander yeah. and Hemsworth together, that could work. Yeah, in, and, the comic, in the comics, you know, Thor was either always involved with Jane, or he'd be involved with Sif, or sometimes Enchantress would get thrown in there a couple of times. Yeah, yeah she likes to get in there and mix things up. There's been a few dalliances there, too, so, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Thor, Thor is definitely a little bit both of a feminist and a himbo all at the same time. So. Hey, at least my at least my mind was thinking that because I was like they were hinted at in the movies. Yeah, no, it's it's been a thing like like both in truly in mythology and in okay. comics. So I did not know that because I haven't read every comic that's been made. Unlike well, I so. I haven't read that far back, but it's stuff that I know from other things. <laughs> Andre says Thor was a Thor is a feminist. He there is in one of the Jason Aaron run comics that he leads an entire charge with Frigga and Sif and like it's just tons That's of awesome. women heroes going to help Jane before he even knew who J- that Jane was the the new Thor. Okay, and, see that is something I would actually want to read. It's yeah, in it's- this. Once again. Okay, see now you got to send me that title in a messenger. So well, this is this is a trade. Um, no, I'm cool with that. I prefer yeah. the trades anyway. So just hit me up in the message. The on Facebook the with the titles. Yes. No. It's uh, maybe if I can find the page in here. Yeah. Between oh. between my Thor and Conan the Barbarian influences, I was heavily influenced by feminist barbarian. So there you go. Really? Wow. Yeah. Conan. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Listen, George, all's fair, man. Lacey, if you go back and read Robert E. Howard's stuff, you know, like his mm-hmm. original stories, it's very interesting. Uh, Solomon Cain. What's that? Solomon Kane is great stuff too. Yeah, 
but it's really interesting how like you know yeah they'll have like the damsel in distresses and the you know mm-hmm. the pretty girls and whatnot but then there's also like he'll flip the script on some you know, like mm-hmm. all these princesses are like fighters and then he'll bring in characters like you know belite and you know valeria and whatnot it's like oh these are warrior women conan sees these women as equals to him and you know you know belite was like his the love of his life you know I mean, even after nice. he got married you know beyond that it's like no other woman swept him away like the the queen of the black sails. So, as a as a woman who has read comics since I was practically old enough to read, I appreciate when men write the characters, and they're not like the femme Nazis. Like, oh, I don't need a man. I, all women should be no. I just like when they're on par with the men, and the men recognize that, and they're like, okay, she's a warrior like I am. I don't need I don't need women stomping men down to build themselves up. I just need everybody to. Just get along and be warriors together. And, and a, great, a great example of that we were talking earlier about Storm, but Wolverine and Storm are a yes. great example of that, that level of respect and equality and we're partners and all this. He's not crazy enough to fight her. <laughs> he's not stupid. Yeah. He'll fight a lot of people, but you know, he's like, well, maybe I should have liked Storm. Now you X-Men. Uh, like I said, I am an X fan through and through, so it can. Hey, you know what I've been doing this week, Andrea? Speaking of X Men, I've been rewatching the original X Men film like crazy on Disney Plus because I I still love that first film so much. The first one discuss- was for it, for the before we had yeah. a lot of superhero stuff. It wasn't bad. The second yeah. one I loved. No, I get that. I get that. I'm just saying, like, I still love the first one. It's I know it's still enjoyable. Think- yeah. I don't I know what it. the dumpster fire was that was X three, but. No, but I still love the first one. I've been rewatching it like crazy on Disney Plus. Hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah. Oh, I look. I haven't watched past Apocalypse because Apocalypse broke me. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Listen, I will take X Men Apocalypse over Dark Phoenix any day of the week. I've heard, like, I've heard people that don't even know anything about the comics not care for it, and. I, as a as a Phoenix sister, along with my my Phoenix sister co-host, I can't. I've, I've gotten to talk to Chris Claremont about his plans for the Phoenix oh, and what he didn't get to do. Look, like I said, that's my, that's my crowning achievement as a cosplayer. Chris Claremont stopped his autograph line for my dark Phoenix cosplay. That's, a, that's great. By the way, congrats. Yeah. That, that costume went up in flames. Literally. <laughs> so, ironically, the Phoenix did not arise from the ashes. I'll just have to remake it someday. <laughs> Uh, Andre said he'd watch Catwoman uh, over. Uh, oh over- God, no, no, no! I'm sorry that you. I've heard how terrible that film is to the point where I'm not even gonna watch Catwoman. I watched it because I was like, "Oh, cool, we've got a female-led comic book movie." And then it turned out to be not so much. Uh- <laughs> even Halle Berry talks about how terrible that movie. Oh yeah, she won the Razzie that year for that. She accepted it too. Yeah, she did. Like she had the cojones to actually go to the ceremony and do a speech. She's like, I went to the highest of highs the year before to the lowest of lows to this. But I did it for you guys. Like whatever. She probably did it like right long. next to her Oscar. <laughs> I mean, come on. It was great. Yeah, I, I always like to look at things from a positive angle because there's too do much negativity know? out there. So I will certainly say that Halle Berry looked amazing in that suit. Mm. Well, she yeah. Worked, she I mean. Hard. She makes she every was, woman feel fat. Look at her. But she yeah, I mean, amazing. she more than redeemed herself in movies following Catwoman. Specifically, that came out a couple of years ago before the pandemic. It was John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. I mean, she owned that scene, I, man. She has two giant-ass dogs working for her, and she's got two pistols. I love the people. John Wick movies, and she was awesome in that one. 
Dude, yeah. she's a badass. She was great in that. And she did like her own stunt. She did her own oh, yeah. training. She was like 53 at the time. And I'm like, damn, yeah, she's woman. She's a tough woman. Like, yeah. you, you ripped yourself for this movie. And by the way, John Wick 4 is coming out, I think, next year. So, yay. More John I, Wick, baby. I love Thank the John you. Wick movies. My brother has cosplayed John Wick. Um, yeah. Oh, can I see those pictures? Send them to me. I Send will. And Gary, because my brother, he always wins Halloween every year. It's not fair. My oldest brother, everybody tells me I get all the other 364 day, or days, give him one. And for one year he showed up to the Halloween party as Freddie Mercury. And then a few years later he was John Wick. And I'm like, how do you look like both of them? <laughs> Why? But I won't, he went to work. My brother works for Apple. He went to work with the blood and everything on him as John Wick. Had the pencil with the blood on it. Oh, my God. See, I'm, I'm reminded of that episode, that Halloween episode of The Office where everybody is, you know, in costume, and then you know Creed shows up in just like a normal suit, but he's covered in blood. And they're just like, "Oh, hey, great costume, Creed." He's like, "Oh yeah, that's right, it's Halloween. That's great timing." Like, like, uh huh, costume. Did, did, did Creed murder somebody? Yeah, it's oh. probably. Come on, if you've watched The Office, he's probably murdered at least a few people. <laughs> and, and you never know, Creed Bratton may have murdered Creed Bratton. Hmm. Maybe so. Getting a little inception there. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, he, he's 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 claimed that he's stolen Creed Bretton's identity, even though he is Creed Bretton. So I don't know. That's that's a that's a loop we don't want to go down. No, there's only so much you can do in a one-hour show, George. Exactly. Yes. Speaking of, Ryan, I know you got to leave us a little early. So since we're going to talk about comics here, uh, show us what got to share with us here of some things you're reading yeah right yeah so i went to my well one of them is for my lcs the one i had to order from <clears throat> ebay but um aren't available uh, in certain places of the earth so i got these i read volume one of this i can't wait to read volume two i haven't read it yet and i apologize and i've interviewed on my show before paul kupperberg did a run of supergirl in the 80s so i got dairy new adventures of supergirl volume two by paul kupperberg carmine infantino and bob oskner i hope i'm saying that right i maybe butcher it yeah it's but uh, this is, uh, I really enjoy this iteration of Supergirl. I read the first 12 issues. This contains, you know, 13 through 24 on this. And this cover, I mean, look at look how badass this cover is. I mean, my God, the artwork is razor sharp. You can cut it with a knife. And Paul Kupperberg cool. is a genius writer, a genius person. I've had the pleasure of interviewing on my show. So, Paul, you're the man. <laughs> and then door number two, I got this in my LCS. I heard this is one of the greatest storylines in the history of comics. I've not read it yet, so no spoilers. Okay. But uh, Marv Wolfman, George Perez wrote the Judas Contract. Okay, you just said George Perez. I mean. <laughs> the New Teen Titans. Got this trade in my LCS. Hashtag always support your local comic shops. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to reading this. I heard this is like essential reading if you want to get into comic books or if you want to understand the history that is comics. So, yep. and plus George Perez recently <laughs> passed away. You can never George go Perez. wrong with Perez. Super yeah. nice guy. Super, so, super nice. Got New Teen Titans, the Judas Contract. Don't tell me what happens, okay? Don't tell me. And then I also Sorry. got, uh, a few weeks ago, I got uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez's other big event, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So... I'll be diving into that at some point or another. But, yeah, those are my two latest uh, trades that I add to my collection. So there you go. Do we have any questions? Uh, well, no no questions. I will say uh, definitely uh, you can't go wrong with uh, Perez. I'm definitely in that camp there. Uh, and his, you know, the whole Teen Titans thing kind of reinvigorated DC in the 80s. Yeah. So uh, and it had everything to do with the art and the stories. So, yeah, that's an awesome run. He so. everything he touched was gold. He he had a Midas touch when it came to comics. 
Yeah. And like a super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad I didn't get a chance to meet him. He was here for Memphis Comic Expo one year. And even though he could not do a sketch for every single person in line, he said, everybody that is in this line, I will sign your autographs. They were trying to clear the con out. He'd be like, no, these people have been standing here for hours. They're getting their autographs. And he was taking pictures with everybody. And, you know, my brother Scoot being an artist was just like humble meeting him. You know, it's like that's that's an idol for anyone who wants to be a comic artist. George Perez is one of those. I mean, that's dedication and loyalty. By the way, Andre, I have a heck of a lot more than three books, young man. Okay. (laughs) Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. Okay. Because I don't have much time left on this show. Because I do have a prior engagement. Andre, I have a heck of a lot more than just three books, okay? I have two short boxes full of stuff, which includes, you know, single issues as well as trades and hardcovers. I just started collecting omnibus, omnibuses, whatever. And then I got it. You can't see it right now. I wish I had a picture to show you here, George. But I'll tell you, I got a mountain. No, I got like five mountains, six mountains, ten mountains full of trades and back issues I haven't, I haven't read yet. So, Andre, don't test me, okay? Listen, I'm, I'm going to have to send you five. I've only been reading comic books for five years, son. I'm new to this game. Tell <laughs> me some slack, Jack. Yeah, I'll have to send you pictures of my youngest brother's trade collection. Do it. it it's Let's about six. It's about six bookshelves, and that's after he trimmed it down. And he has this little ledge, like a photo ledge, because he lives in a house built in like the 40s, and he's got all of his like key issues. And he's like, some of them are not keys, according to collectors. He goes, they mean something to me. And they're all the way around his ledge. And the ones right above the door, he goes, if there's ever a fire, I'm grabbing my original art because he has an original Ryan Stegman piece. And he's grabbing. Yeah, he got it before Stegman's name really blew up. And he has a couple of Michael Turner autographed books right above the door. He's like, I'm grabbing those and going out because Michael Turner died 13 years ago. Cannot get his autograph anymore. I got to meet him twice. Such a nice guy. I feel like this has basically turned into the George and I are jello of Andrea show because she's met everybody under the sun, whether they're still living or not. And Andre is giving me stuff in the comments. And I'm like, dude, come on. And then he says, he's been collecting for 42 years. Well, good for you, Andre. Some of us are still young. Okay. Uh, I still got my youth inside of me. All right. I still got my youth inside of me, but trust me, the bones don't always feel the youth anymore. I've heard that. I've heard that. But listen, you're only as old as you feel. Just don't let it get to you. Depends on the day. Some days I feel like I'm 20, and some days I feel like I'm definitely over 39. If it makes you feel feel any better, no one in this room or outside of the studio looks a day over 25. So. There you go. Exactly. We're going to keep it that way, George. We're still youthful in these parts of the woods. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a few years away from 50, and I'm, I'm doing all right. So, you know. Yeah, I don't man. Like, I tell people that I'll be 40 in, like, six months, you know? Hey, like, I'll, be my, 30, my hobby. I'll be 35 in September, Andrea. We can throw a party. Yeah. Loving, loving my comics and doing my cosplay and have and doing my volunteer work. That keeps me, keeps me a lot younger and, you know, not getting into other people's drama. I think George yep. is going to be end up living a lot longer because he works in Nerdum for a living. He works at a comic store, so you can never I work, go wrong. I'm a retail manager, so, you know, I'm a jaded jerk five days a week. I mean, like, <laughs> the, the worst thing I have to deal with is, like, the soccer moms coming in looking for the Fortnite books. Oh, you know? God, man. That, that's, that's about Fortnite? it. Fortnite? I, I get enough Fortnite. I work at Target. You know, I deal hey, with Hey, Target. Woo! Yeah, you guys need me Target exclusive like Funko Pops or something. Y'all just I can keep an eye yes. out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Currently, uh, Marvel and Fortnite are doing a crossover. Issue two comes out this because uh, I was coming week. So, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I found the page, y'all. 
Thor oh, leads the charge of all the women. Oh, there wow. you go. Yes, look at that. That's so I, awesome. I need to awesome get myself women. that trade over there, Andrea. I got this. Like This is a $45 trade. Hmm. I bought it on free comic book day when one of my shops is doing. Buy, all trades were 20% off, and each one more you bought, another 10% came off. Oh, nice. The seller is my home. I've been going to that comic shop for 30 years, even though the owner tells me not to tell anybody how long I've been going. 30 years. He's I've been like, going yeah. to this. Back in my day, we had to... I was there when it was uh, selling both baseball cards and comics. Nice. <laughs> it was called Triple Play originally, so it was definitely... Baseball cards. Yeah. That's, that's funny because the first shop I went to in Southern Indiana was originally called Daisy Double Play. And then <laughs> uh, and they were mostly baseball cards and sports cards. And they had a few new comics. And then they were taken over by my friend George, who turned it into Empire Comics. And he's been around for 30 some odd years now. So yeah. yeah, the guy, Jason, that owns the cellar, he started out just a part timer there. And now he owns it. Yeah. So right. basically, folks, if you get an opportunity to work at your local comic shop, do it. You're going to live a heck of a lot longer than you are right now. And the only time you have to deal, like you said, the soccer moms and every now and then the gatekeepers. But True, true. I don't have, so far, we haven't had any you know, trouble with gatekeepers. We have a light, we have seem to have nice civil conversations. I, Which is I, great. I, That's yeah. what the world needs is civil conversations between nerds. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we could solve a lot of the world's problems. <laughs> I know, seriously. I mean, look at Andrea and I. We do. We have shows where we co-host and whatnot, and we get along with our co-hosts just fine. Even though we have differing opinions, it's fine. We can still be best friends. Like, look, she talks about Injustice This or the Justice Society and Liberty Bell, and I'm like, I don't know who the frack Liberty Bell is, but then she, like, educates me on the character, and I'm like, hmm, I may need to read this. Exodus news. So, I mean, it's more reading for me, bro. Bring on the reading, because let me tell you something. Hashtag life is better when reading. Those are the facts. Read more, you're going to live a lot longer, and you're going to like the way you look after reading a book or comic book. I guarantee it. You see what I'm saying? See, this is my sales pitch, George. This is what I do for you on these Fridays. But I'll tell you this. This has been a blast. I love you both. You're excellent people. We need more people like George and Andrea in this society, let me tell you. But unfortunately, Ryan has a prior engagement that I have to step out and take care of. But I will say this. Thank you for having me, George. I'm sorry I got to cut out on you early, but listen, if nope. you want to have me back for next week to make up for my, you know, prior commitment, fine Absolutely. with me. I don't mind reruns. I don't mind a second. I don't mind a second episode of the series because I, I boost ratings around here. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> he, he's a man in demand. He's got places to be. Apparently, yeah. I'm actually pre-recording something that I can't talk about because I signed a thing here. I can't say anything. But when it, when it's released. I will let you know what it is. I just can't say anything about it right now. But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RyanRPM5. Yeah, thanks, Andre. What's he saying? You, is it you're thank you. Hey, I like, listen, I try to be hilarious. Why? Because this world is crazy. It's mixed up. And we got to learn to laugh. Okay? We need, we need meantime, a little break sometimes. I know. We all need a break from the mundane. Yeah, I, I, you, Andre Benjamin. He's one of my brothers. So. He sounds like a nice dude. I've never met you before, Andre. But feel free to hit me up on the face of the books of the face. Facebooks, anyway. Twitter and Instagram, RyanRPM5. Check me out there. I got a million things going on. I got a lot of irons in the fire, but if you want to know more, check out the link tree in my bio. It takes you to all the sites, all the sounds, all the bells, all the whistles, all the craziness that I'm doing. But in and the meantime, out- George, Andrea, you're both great people. Keep staying the way you are because you make each day a special day by just you being yourself. In the meantime, <laughs> in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Manamana. See you, Truman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understood that reference. See you guys. Love it. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, it's never a dull moment with Ryan around. It, it you know, you, you say he's in demands. Like he's been on my show twice, and I'm going to be on his show in November because that's <laughs> how full his full his guest list is for. And I quote. Uh. And we're over here going, okay, guys, so we have this guest for next week. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been on my show week to week. And, like, I've got, you know, i got a guest coming up, you know, probably towards the end of the month that I'm planning for. But that's because I have to wait for a certain event to be finished and this person to be available for that. So, uh, you know, but other than that, yeah, I plan my stuff out week to week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, since we're every other week, I mean, trying to do cosplay every week would be... Um... Yeah, no kidding. Well, but, uh, uh, I love it though. Ryan was reading, so I want to see what you're reading this week here. Um, I have not been to my shop in a little while, so I had to empty the pull box. Um, Ooh. you'll be able to tell I'm an X fan. We got Legion of X, Excalibur. Love me some Psylocke. Right. Like I'm a huge Strange because I am loving Clea. I am loving Clea as this universe of Sorcerer Supreme. Yes. X Red. Okay. I think there's a couple X-Men reds in here. And then Immortal X-Men has been so good. Cool. Um, there's the other X-Men red. And then, of course, the Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor one and two. Nice. Um, I am a big fan. So those are the ones that were in the pull box this week. Um, my favorite read that I've been doing is Captain Carter. because All right. Yeah, that's been fun. That's my girl. I've loved her since she, since Peggy Carter showed up. Cause you know, she's only in like one or two issues way back in the day. And then they put her in the movie. They pulled this extremely obscure character, put her into the first Avenger and she blew up and I loved her show. And then that very first, what if episode. And I saw her get with that shield and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> and I threw together her stealth suit uh, a costume within a couple of weeks. Like Crayley and Kelly came to Memphis for a con in March, and I was finishing the suit upstairs in my sewing room with Crayley sitting on the floor. <laughs> so, oh and I've got so I've got the stealth suit, and I've got the blue and silver shield that my friend Jeremy made for me, and I've gotten to go do motivational talks at a school in it to get some kids to do really good on their standardized, you know, state issued tests. And the two questions I got the most were, can I touch this shield? <laughs> no Spider-Man. I was like, actually, I do. Which one? Do you want Peter Parker? Do you want Miles? Do you want Ben Riley? Because I'm in a volunteer group, and we have most of them. <laughs> so. awesome. Yeah, your, your Captain Carter suit is awesome, by the way. I'm, I'm not very, very impressed with that. I had not done a full costume for myself other than a, I did a quick bombshell Marvel group with some friends to judge a cosplay contest last year. But after my house fire, I was living with friends for 16 months. Yeah. So Captain Carter was my first big build for myself in my 20th anniversary of cosplay. Right. So, and like I said, the character means a lot to me. She's very much a feminist, but what I believe is a feminist, she's, she never lets go of being who she is. She just wants some equality, but she still does it looking, you know, she doesn't have to just be, you know, in a suit and everything. She still is feminine and beautiful, but she's kicking ass right next to the boys. And I love that. And Haley Atwell does amazing as her. And oh, yeah, totally. so, you know, I was, I unfortunately had it a little bit spoiled when Multiverse of Madness came out because people kept tagging me in the trailer. 
so I kind of knew she was going to be in it, but I was still so excited to see her in it. I went to see Multiverse of Madness in my Captain Carter suit because we went, you know, we always do the Thursday showings. My, my brothers and I are big nerds. We have to go to the early showings with some of our friends. And the day before Multiverse of Madness came out was my exact 20th anniversary of cosplay. So I had to do it. And, you know, it was pretty cool. I was in my suit and, you know, people at the theater were kind of looking like, like what's going on? I, I did the same with my Captain Marvel. I wore that to see Endgame. I made it the night before the movie came out because that's how I was dealing with some trauma. So I threw a Captain Marvel suit together and went to see the movie. So I, I love doing it. I do volunteer work in costume. I get to, I got to tell some kids at a learning center last week how awesome it is to punch Nazis. So that was a lot of fun. You know, they asked about fighting our villains, and we I was with Captain America, and we mentioned the Red Skull, and we're like, yeah, we punch a lot of Nazis. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't have told a, a whole, you know, classroom full of kids to punch somebody, but if I'm going to tell them to punch somebody, punch some Nazis, y'all. You're, you're okay. You can, pun you, you can punch a Nazi. It's all right. Uh, Andre's okay. recommending that I can, I can dress up as Moon Knight, so there you go. So I, I actually, if I had my choice, I would do the Mister Knight. Uh, do, yeah. do I can't do the British accent, but you know, you know yeah. That's I don't try that. My Southern accent comes through too much that I didn't want to ruin the the illusion of Peggy Carter by doing a horrible, horrible British accent. Well, uh, a couple of uh, comic recommendations I can offer you. Uh, one being a Peggy Carter fan, uh, without spoiling too terribly much. Um, you need to check uh, this particular uh, book out, the new. Oh Captain yes, I've seen that one. I need to check that one out. Yeah, this is issue two that just came out this week, and um, well, without spoiling too much, let's just say that Miss Carter shows up at the end of this book here. Sure. Uh, this is a mystery, kind of basically surrounding Captain America's shield. Oh, uh, the, yeah. There was apparently some sort of maybe possible sinister design around this, and so maybe uh, unreleased. Uh, details about its origin. Uh, preferably, the person who designed it may have actually been from Wakanda. Yeah, he may be like a refugee or something. I will tell you, in Age of Ultron, when they had the whole reading, all these places said, when he said Wakanda, I was just like, I've been waiting. Like, my brother, my brother is dying for them to bring Namor into it. So when we saw Multiverse of Madness, He's like, you saw that extra seat on the Illuminati. It was empty. There was a chair that was empty. He's like, that's Namor. That's Namor's chair. He's like, so. Well, of course, it's it's not rumor anymore because we've seen now uh, some of the costume design, but Namor is going to be in Wakanda forever. So, yeah. And the best part is being introduced as a villain. It's like, yes. yes. I, I love him. Uh, Namor is one of those, he's, he's an anti hero. He's not a hero, but he's not a villain. He is for whatever is best for Atlantis. That's his thing. He's yeah. Oh, I mean that's the thing though. Is that, you know, yeah, he's an anti-hero, but the funny thing is he's also played both sides of the card. Oh, definitely. Like in the forties, he was just all nice and let's you know let's help. Out he was fighting next to the original Human Torch. Yeah, and then you get to today where he's almost a villain at times. He can be. I mean, he's yeah, got I mean, an unhealthy obsession with Sue Storm. It's, it's, they, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, r- rightly so, you know, but still, yeah. A lot of people have an obsession with Sue Storm, so. Okay, people are still shooting off fireworks on my street. It is still sunny, and the, come on, guys. Uh, my cats are all jumping now. Thor and Loki are looking out the window like my neighbors are crazy. Yeah, my, <laughs> thankfully, my neighbors have calmed down with the cats, but it's, of the three, uh, the two larger ones, like they're all the same age, but the two larger ones, they go hiding out of the couch, and the runt, she's like queen of the castle. She's like, oh, stupid pop-pops don't bother me. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my big fat cat. He's kind of like, Yeah. Uh, but another uh, X recommendation I can offer you uh, is Knights of X is a really cool book. I was looking into that one, and the new the new Gambit cover is pretty awesome. Yeah, I, well, you, who doesn't? If you if you were if you got into the X Men in the late eighties, early two thousands, you it's very cliche, but you love Gambit. You kind of have to love Gambit. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gets a little bit of a shining moment uh, in uh, Knights of X, definitely. Uh, and, of course, I think I think it's coming out this week as the uh, the Hellfire Gala issue is coming out. So, I guess well, more... As a, as a person who wanted to be a costume designer and loves comics, the Hellfire Gala outfits are just... They're, they're giving me life right now, and I love I it. Mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you gotta love that, too. Like, all these variant covers of all, like, the ball gown designs for each, you know, each character. It's like, man, it's like... They're getting some cosplay service going on here. There's going to be a lot of things that, seeing how cosplayers carry it off, there's a lot of things that are not connected because they're using their, like, psychic powers to make their costumes float. And I'm like, give a cosplayer time. My brother says that it is not an artist's job to make it wearable. That's the cosplayer's job. Well, I mean, take all the people who do, like, you know, the the big fashion hair designs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know. Storm definitely has that in her Hellfire Gala. That's some crazy runway stuff you'll never see on the open market. It's like, it's fashion. It's not supposed to be seen in the regular world. All I feel is Natalie Portman in episode one trying to hold her head up as Queen Amidala with those big (laughs) hairstyles. She said she definitely learned to walk differently making that. No kidding, man. She made her neck muscles up before she got ready for Jane. Yeah. Oh, she got ripped to play Jane. Like, I want to know her workout routine because that was impressive. She, yeah, she She's a very small woman, and she got ripped. My brother, who exercises on a daily basis, he's like, I need to know her arm routine. He's yeah. like, I want to know. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. Behind the scenes stuff, and like you don't you, you notice, okay, she's got her arms kind of built up, but when she's in the armor, it's kind of you know not as noticeable. But like right. if she's in street clothes, you notice those arms, just like just yeah, you could tell that there was a difference to her build than what yeah. she normally has. She got it's, ripped, and I applaud her for that dedication. It, it's crazy. Um, God, yeah, I'm, just, I'm impressed with that. So yes, um, definitely. But yeah, so okay, so that so there's your recommendations there for uh, stuff you're already reading there. But yeah, being a Peggy fan, you got to get that new cat. There's two Captain America books now, which is really cool. But Steve yeah. is kind of he and Bucky are dealing with like some old conspiracy stuff. So, so I, I guess have to check that one out. Yeah, I for a little while I fell out of collecting because you know bills hmm. and the pull box had to go by the wayside. But thankfully, I have a brother who collects a lot of comics, so. All I have to do is go to his house and be like, can I borrow that one? And he's literally got shelves upon shelves of trades and a couple of short boxes. He's like, he keeps the single issues down because he loves trades. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, I'll have to, I'll have to introduce you guys because 
he probably yeah, can, y'all could probably have a double episode with all of your knowledge together. <laughs> I see, yeah, my, my, my collection is, uh, I think I've got like about, well, I, I, I cut down a lot of my long boxes because I was gifted a, a three drawer filing cabinet. Yeah. So uh, that cut down on about five boxes. But I at one point was rocking 18 long boxes. And then I've got like a couple, of, I got like three storage bins that are filled with like other comics and trades. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's, I mean, I've Some been mine are still packed up from when I was moving after the fire, but I've got three long boxes under the bed right now. Plus the stacks of ones that haven't been bagged and boarded yet. So, oh, well, there's some more books I want to share with you guys here. Share away. All right. So, this new Ghost Rider series has been fantastic. Uh, this is issue four going on right now. Uh, Benjamin Percy's been writing this one. Uh, the whole conceit is that basically it seems that maybe Johnny Blaze has been compromised, even though he still turns into the writer, but. He doesn't seem to have any memories of what's going on, and the writer kind of seems to be the one in charge of things. But uh, an old 70s uh, villain, the Circus of Crime, makes their return in this one. But it's really been a fun read because while things have been kind of out of sorts for Johnny and for the writer, all of these supernatural evil kind of knows there's a weak spot, and they've been exploiting that. So, yeah, that's interesting there. Um, next book here for Avengers Forever. Um, this has been a fun run because what's been going on in the Avengers stuff right now is that um, Mephisto has assembled a multiversal Masters of Evil and have been just killing all these variants of the Avengers throughout the multiverse. Well, the Avengers have finally caught on to this stuff, and so now they're looking for variants that are useful to them. And in this one, we meet a whole lot of guys that have something in common with this chap right here. But not all of them have picked up the shield just yet. So, see some here like very shady looking. This guy, you know, these are some very normal looking dudes here. And then I don't know what's up with this dude here. He's, he's a little wild, but yeah. <laughs> I love that it's Mephisto because that's the joke that behind every single MCU movie, it's Mephisto. It's Mephisto, guys. It's actually yeah. Mephisto. Because it really is <laughs> in the long run. He is behind everything. I mean, the Top Cow, um, the Marvel Top Cow crossover, it was all Mephisto back in the day. Yeah. That's one of my favorite books I have is my Wolverine Witchblade. And I have it signed by so many of the Top Cow guys. Oh, they were so cool. Oh, that's awesome. I met them. David Finch told me I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that I had met him like 16 years previously when I met him in 2019. He's like, yeah, it hasn't been that long. He's like, neither of us are old enough. I'm like... I met you when you were drawing Aphrodite 9, okay? <laughs> uh, but, oh, man, that's that's another amazing artist and a very humble man. No, that's cool. He's, I, I'm a big fan he's of Canadian. He has to be nice. Wolverine's the only rude Canadian. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of hope I've been trying to uh, get in contact with uh, Jeff Lemire, who's another Canadian, a great mm -hmm. writer. Um, uh, trying, trying to get an interview with him, but uh, he's a very busy man. So you know. trying to get some of them would definitely be tricky, but yeah. Uh, let's see here. A couple of DC offerings I've got this week. Uh, the second issue of the dark crisis, big crossover here. Cause you can't have a, a, a big event in the DC without being crisis. <laughs> it's gotta be a crisis. <laughs> uh, but this is a, a features a really awesome battle between uh, Nightwing and Deathstroke. Kind of a, you know, all right, you know, let's, let's get you know, take another round here, old man, you know, sort of. <laughs> like and, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of a little hesitant on this big next crisis because 
the concept is cool. The original Justice League is considered dead. And so now you're dealing with all these like second and third generation heroes that have to deal with like all the evil in the world coming to converge on everything. Uh, so, you know, it's like, it's okay. This is now the kids turn to shine and, you know, step up. And so the, fir- the, the beginning was a little shaky, but the second issue kind of brought it home a little more. And so it, it's much Sometimes better. Sometimes that first issue finding its footing can be, be tricky. You know, you're trying to introduce a whole new storyline and you got to have a, you have to have the right writer to start that first issue. Cause once you get that rolling, then, you know, other writers can piggyback it, but convincing your readers on that first issue, that's, that's a tough one. It is. No matter who you are, some of the best writers. And, and thank you for that segue, because that brings me to my next book here. Uh, Chip Zdarsky's run on uh. Batman has now begun. And what a dynamite opening here. It's Let- another one you can't go wrong with his, with his work. I mean, he's killing on Daredevil. He's killing it in the indies in his own books, like Stillwater, you know, mm-hmm. selling a bunch of stuff. But yeah, I've been so excited for Batman. Uh, Tim Drake fans can get excited because uh, we have a Robin back in a Batman book. Uh, and then we have a new villain, Failsafe. So a lot of mystery behind him. So yeah, a really cool run there. And the other thing is, of course, you've been seeing recently in DC books, you get like a secondary story in like the uh, the Superman and the Batman books. Uh, for this Batman, a secondary story is involving Catwoman. And Chip is writing that as well. So yeah. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Andre saying that uh, he hasn't read it yet, but uh, yeah, bag because it's a new villain, so you should take it out of the bag well, and read it. It's 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 about time, you know. Batman's fought the same rogues gallery for so long. Him, like he and Superman and Spider Man and Captain America, all they fought the same people for so long. Sometimes it's a good thing to introduce a new villain, but you, it's a, it's just like that first issue. You've got to introduce it right. Or people are going to be like, nope, just give me, you know, give me back the Riddler. Give me back the Joker. You know, they're not going to want that new villain. So, yeah, I, but I it's in Chip's hands, so I think it'll be good. Well, yeah. over in the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Tombstone's kind of getting some new life breathing into him. So I love uh, how they pull, like, these not even, like, D-listers. They're, like, Z-lister villains and suddenly turn them into an amazing character. Well, it's like, you know... You always had, like, the kingpin was, like, the top echelon when it came to the crime bosses. Then right. Under, you had guys like Hammerhead and, you know, you know, like I said, you know, um, Tombstone and, oh, I don't know, Mr. Negative a little bit. You know, something, so a lot of those like good. But, yeah, it was nice to kind of see Tombstone brought back a little bit of prominence here. That's so. good. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of indies to share uh, for the horror like fans indie. here. Uh, the horror fans from Image Comics, the second issue of The Closet. Uh, James Tinian uh, is writing this one here, so uh, uh, hopefully I need to say nothing further about that one. The plot of this one, and this is this is a movie ready to be shot here. Uh, but basically it is about a little boy, and he has a closet you know, that he's afraid of in his house. That he claims there's a monster inside the closet. He's not being facetious. <laughs> is a monster in the closet and so mom and dad are trying to oh it's it's okay and maybe there's some problems going on with mom and dad that might be kind of drawing some of this evil into the household um so they're trying to convince the boy oh we're moving away we're moving into a new house you don't have to worry about the closet monster yeah yeah you do that Um, evil follows 
Yeah, well, and the thing is, there is a great scene that closes out this book of kind of a first contact sort of uh, 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 scene here between boy and monster. And uh, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I don't want to spoil that, but yeah. That sounds like what my sister-in-law loves horror comics. If she hasn't checked that one out, I'm definitely going to have to tell her about that one. Yeah, it's only in its second issue right now. So uh, yeah, it, of course, it's James Tenyon in the fourth. I mean, that guy can, I mean, he, he knows his horror, but wow. Yeah. Good, good writing. Um, last but not least, and this is for our sci-fi fantasy fans here. I, I'm so excited to share this one here. Starhenge. This just came out this week. Uh, Liam Sharp is behind this one here. Does the writing and the art. Um, basically, we're talking a science fiction sort of concept, but then probably about three quarters way through the book, the concept flips on you and becomes a blend of science and magic. But apparently we've figured out a way for space travel and some sort of, you know, once we get out there, we make contact with an alien race who says, oh, good, let's take care of these idiots and conquer your planet, sort of thing like that. And so now there's this plan of basically going back into possibly our past to try to fix some of that sort of thing like that. Um, but apparently there's a weak spot we figure out in this, you know, highly technological race of aliens that they can't deal with magic. So why don't we bring magic back? Hmm. And yeah, I, I, again, I, I really, you know, I was into this because you know, I love Liam Sharp's art. You know, you can see it's, you know, very, very out there. That you know, cover is very Geiger-esque. Yeah, very painted sort of stuff. Yeah, a lot of big Geiger uh, influence on the, the astronaut character here. Uh, but yeah, it, it has the kind of nice little, the way the first issue wraps up, it's like, oh, I see what we're doing here. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of a heady concept, but when it comes around to it, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is cool. So yeah, for, for your weird sci-fi magic sort of stuff, there highest recommendation on that one there. So yeah, it's some very very cool stuff here. <laughs> yeah, Andre saying Terminator meets King Arthur. <laughs> that could be a very interesting story. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, a little, little, little something along those lines. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, so, so much good stuff to share. So, well, I guess we're going to be wrapping up here because, you know, we're a little bit over the hour. <laughs> that happens a lot on our shows. <laughs> the, the, don't don't come in expecting only an hour at the cereal box, guys. <laughs> well, and that's that's the fun thing, too, is, of course, you know, we, we've talked about how, like, Facebook is kind of rewarding longer uh, form viewers, you know, you know uh, videos and stuff like that. It's like, hey. Cool. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get you long form here. <laughs> you know, when you get nerds together, we can talk for hours. I'm a I'm a huge introvert, but yeah. when you get me into comics, cosplay, manga, you know, books that I'm into, I will talk your ear off. My as I said, my writer brother and I have said in dialogue, if the characters, if the two of us cannot figure it out, then the characters just shouldn't be talking. I can talk the ear off a deaf person. My dad actually was deaf and he used to turn, go up and turn his hearing aids off. So <laughs> let's just say I could talk the ears off a deaf person. <laughs> but That's he encouraged cool. our nerdiness. And, you know, he supported us in, until the day he died. And we 
still feel dad's supporting us. So, I mean, he, he encouraged my brother to draw and the other one to write. And he would look at me in costume and have no idea what I was doing, but he's like, you look good. So, you know, I, I feel bad. Ryan's talking about how none of his family is into this. And my whole family, even my sister, who is more of the horse person, takes her son to see the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies. She goes, I don't always understand it, but I take him and I enjoy them. I was like, man, I couldn't imagine my family not being into the stuff that I'm into. Mom was sitting right next to me at Thor last night. So. Yeah, and she goes family. to cons. She will cosplay sometimes. She supports our working on publishing our own comic books and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, you got to have that support system. Y'all, if you got nerdy people in your family, support them. That's what it comes yeah, down to. Everybody in my family has kind of got their own little, like, you know, nerdy sort of things like that. But really, I'm, I, I could safely say I'm king nerd in my family. <laughs> uh, but I blame my dad for that 100%. Oh, definitely. He was responsible for buying my first comic book at three years old. You know, yeah. he's the one that got me and like, you know, the, the cool movies, you know, that came out in the 80s and sometimes stuff I wasn't sold enough to quite see just yet. <laughs> but I got to read anyway. Yeah. You know. You know so dad was, you know, I was the same with us. Dad was taking us to the comic shop. He was buying us the little, you know, the X-Men figures in the early 90s. We had a yeah. bunch of those, the old oh, Toy Biz ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had a collection, but dad would buy those for us and he encouraged it. And I guess it's kind of the joking, you know, better than drugs. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, my, my comic book collection takes up a large part of the room that was formerly our dining room, uh, but we don't really use the dining room that often. So, you know, it's kind of like the cat room slash dining room slash yeah. now, now broadcast studio. Um, so, you know, it's like, but you know, my wife's like, yeah, I don't have any problem with that, you know, because, you know. That's I'm, the best thing is to have that support. Like, I bought a house, my mom moved in with me, and I've got a sewing room. I've depending on the, the show, my, I might move where I broadcast from, but there's nerdy stuff everywhere. There's like a, there's like, not to be vain. I had a portrait commissioned of one of my costumes that hangs in the hallway. And, you know, comic books are stacked up everywhere. She's got comics that my brother has done limited covers for and, you know, all sorts of stuff. She's, she's like, it's your house. I just live here. I'm like, no, it's our house, but you know, thank you for supporting my weird, dirty addiction, even to this day. So. Yeah, I can't. My, my wife's not into comics, but I definitely get her into like you know, the pop vinyls and you know other toys and stuff like that. So, yeah, so hold it up. But yeah, I, I'm very proud of the fact that I, you know I got her into a lot of the Marvel stuff. You know, because of course we got together. It was really starting to kind of kick off because mm -hmm. we've been together for like 17 years now. So, you know, so it's, it was just starting to get going. But I got her more into like horror movies because that was kind of an un, you know tapped area for her, and I kind of you know started slow and would basically feed the you know you know would starve the fear with information like yeah. okay in this scene where they're eating people that's actually like barbecue they're eating so like you know they always go nuts when you know they have these you know big you know feeding scenes because the, the barbecue smokers are going nuts so you know everybody's getting all hungry rather they shoot their scenes <laughs> and they know a big kill scene's coming up so everybody gets to eat you know so. You know, feeding the feeding that, you know, that, that helped out. But the the thing I'm proudest about is like when she gets like, you know, much more into certain movies than yeah. I do. You know, or like you know, there's like she's got like about half a dozen Marvel movies that she watches on a regular loop. 
um, or the, you know, I grew up a hardcore Mad Max fan and she's seen Fury Road more times than I have. And I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not being a good geek because I'm not representing enough, but it's like, yeah, but she just, you know, that's just, you represent she, a broader spectrum. Yeah. But I mean, it's really, it's really cool that we kind of are able to share that sort of yeah. stuff. And like when the Marvel series you know, coming out, we're always, you know, watching those from week to week. It's like we're doing Ms. Marvel right now and enjoying it. So. Uh, I'm really, that's been one of my favorites that they've put out so far. It feels, even though she's not an inhuman in it, it feels so close to the source material. Yeah. And what one of us nerds was not her in high school? That very awkward fish out of water, like, hi, I like comic books and uh, yeah you all think i'm weird so we've all been there and i also the the entire introduction to the pakistani culture is really cool because you know when they created her being a muslim superhero the first like mainstream she could have been really cliche she could have been a pandering character but she's not right mala is amazing on her own and in a team like the champions comics, I was so into those because it's all the young heroes. Like I'm sick of the adults in fighting. Let's just go do what the heroes set out to do. And I loved it. And there were so many like her and miles and like all these characters that could have been such a stereotype being filled, yeah. but because they were handled, like said, by the correct writers, they've become amazing and very, culturally significant to trying to put some diversity in there without it being forced diversity. Sure. And you got enough white guy heroes, you know? Well, and I love too how like a lot of the next generation, you know, the younger female heroes are all like really good friends. Like if you read like the Kate Bishop stuff, you know, like the each issue is opening up with, you know, she's on a text chain with America and Cassie. I love it. you know, or like, you know, it, you know, like I said, you know, Kamala and Miles are like, you know, tight, so tight that it's not like a romantic thing. They're like brother and sister. Yeah, they're, right. they're just friends and they're, they're close. And it's none of this cat fighting between the women and, or, oh, we have to turn the male and female best friends into love interests. They can just be friends and fight crime together. Yeah. yeah no, they're, they're really doing it. And like, it's, it's opening it up to, a lot of people that might not have been interested in comics otherwise. And that's the good thing. And, you know, like I said, it it could have been pandering, but it's not because it's handled well. And that's, that's always my concern when I see a character, especially because let's face it, the majority of comic creators are white men. Mm -hmm. They don't know these cultures. And that's, that's where you, you know, you get worried. You're like, are they going to do it right? And they have, you know, there's, there's been some, 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 some bad spots in the past, but I feel like they're, they're definitely trying to make it more accessible and more appealing. And that's good. I mean, if you want your medium to continue, you have to expand your audience. And I think that was what made Black Panther so significant with the movie. You know, we've all known he's been around forever. Like he's been around for so long, but to get that movie, you know, with, with such a cast that it had, it was, it was amazing. I mean, one of my best friends is, you know, he's a very, very proud black man. And he is like, you know, it was really good to see that on screen because they let black writers and directors handle it instead of it being through 
the lens of somebody else. And I, I, I appreciated that because they, they said, this is someone else's culture. Let's let them handle it. Right. You know, like, you know, like Kendrick Lamar was the curator for the soundtrack. You know, he, yeah. he had like a couple of songs on there himself, but yeah, he curated all that music that was on there. And it was amazing. And that's, that's actually one of my favorite Marvel movies. I, yeah. I think it had so much going for it. All I was waiting for, I always wanted Angela, Angela Bassett to play Storm. I always wonder that she took that headdress off and you saw the white hair and I'm just like, Ah, she could have. She would have been so amazing as Storm back in the day. Uh, she could still do it. Who are we kidding? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I was right there too with you know. You know but I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, was it uh, Alfred Woodward who's going to be in this movie? Uh, uh, oh, was it the the Warrior Queen? Uh, and Viola Davis. Um, if Viola, Viola Davis, uh, Tiana Parrish that is um, in Captain Marvel, and she's the multiverse captain marvel it's got some um one the one of the sorcerers from um multiverse of madness is in it yeah uh, the one that was when they destroyed the original dark hold um so it, that looks amazing i'm like i cannot wait to see that movie we're yeah. we're all like making plans to go see that one yeah i just saw the trailer for that yesterday i'm like whoa that's cool. i sent that to a, a group chat with my three brothers and two of our friends who it's mostly about comics, but I was like, Who, um, who's going to see this with me when it comes out? My friend Dwayne is like, we're going, we're going, we got to. And see, and that's kind of, it's, it's neat, it's unfortunate it's taken this long for that story to come out, but literally the Dora Milaje are based, based off on of this historical event, you know? Yeah, so, and I love the Dora, they're so amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why I love the the joke with Black Panther and Thor both like idolizing the women warriors of their culture, and then they're like, "Oh wait, I can't be one of them." <laughs> but they they you know Thor idolized the Valkyries, and yeah. and T'Challa idolized the Dora, and I think that's really cool because that makes them very cool feminist characters too. They're like, "I want to fight like those women," and it's really cool. Like like I said, I I I look at things through a perspective of being a woman in mm -hmm. in this stuff and that's why after we saw the first captain marvel you know when that when that came out you know my brother looked at me knowing that that's one of my favorite characters in the comics i've loved her since she was miss marvel and he said okay as a woman how did you enjoy it and i was like i'm over there almost in tears getting to watch a character i love put on the screen and be a tough badass and you know he's like he's like well i enjoyed it he says but i just wanted to know you as a right. woman who's waited so long for this you know how you felt about it because i know you were you were hoping it was going to be good because you love carol danvers so much and you know i'm i appreciate that there are other fans that believe that that feel that way too and you know want want to see the person that it's aimed at see their opinions so yeah, I I mean I could ramble on about that for a lot about the getting the the minorities into the comics, men, women of different colors, backgrounds, genders, you know, all all this stuff. And I'm I'm glad that comics are putting that diversity in there. Some of it some of it can feel a little forced, but some of the characters it's just so organic and I love it. I'm getting yeah, a little more in there. And you're right with you know the that's the you know people say there's this forced diversity, but it's like a good character is a good character is a good yeah. character. And how can you, diversity exists. Like I, one of my favorite writers of books is Rick Riordan, who does the Percy Jackson series. And, you know, he does a Norse mythology one in his Loki 
a, a child of Loki is gender fluid. And they're like, why are you shoving that down our throats? He goes, well, one, um, gender fluid people exist. And two, if you don't know um, Norse mythology, then you don't understand that Loki is gender fluid in Norse mythology. So he's like, I'm just putting the stories out there. He's like, there's, there's people that are going to identify with this because they exist. And it's, it's not forcing something on you there. These people are there. Give them their voice. Let them be seen and heard. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm always in the mind of like, well, if you're thinking this is a forced diversity, then your bubble of your life must have been very small because, yeah. you know, I, I grew up with, you know, you know, basically, you know, a lot of black people in my neighborhood. So I never had that kind of like. I'm from you know, Memphis. I mean, yeah, you know, I so, was I was actually the minority in my school, but I grew up with all those people. So we all just were friends. We didn't think, oh, well, that's my black friend. That's my white friend. That's my Hispanic friend. Yeah. You know, and, you know, yeah, you try not to say it often when people go, you know, oh, well, you know, this is how I see it. You're like, well, I have this. No, it's like, shut up, back up, let them have their voice. And you just be you just be the ally. Yeah. Shut up and let them talk. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I'm, I'm excited to see more women creating comics, more minorities creating comics. Because. I'm, I'm working, I work with a local um, nonprofit that's called Heal the Hood. And a couple of the guys that created it, they, you know, they grew up in the hood. They were black guys that were into comics and anime and kind of got messed with for it. And they're trying now to show the, the new generations, don't be ashamed of liking that just because people tell you, well, you're from here, so you have to like this stuff. Right they're encouraging artwork and just enjoying that stuff. And I, I love it. I literally just, that was what I was doing today was delivering parts of the comic for their superhero comic that they've made. Oh, that's awesome. It's a, it's a Memphis based superhero named wake and he is a black superhero. And, you know, he tackles that issue of people going, wait, you're black. And he's like, yeah, we exist. <laughs> so since you like to read comics, I'll have to get you some of the indie comics from here and send them your way. Please, yeah. I've got, my brothers have got a few out, and I know some other local creators that I can send a few things your way to read. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So. All, all about supporting the indie guys. Well, that's the thing is, I, you know, I started out as a Marvel kid, and then basically when you had, you know, I remember like the basically the early indie days and in, like the seventies, you know, definitely in the eighties when like yeah. you know, Dark Horse was kind of you know really making their name. But then when you had that explosion in the nineties, it's like yeah, you had Image was everywhere, but it also opened the door for all these other small press mm -hmm. to start coming in. So it was no longer just Marvel and DC, and yeah. you know people I mean, yeah. were able to publish their books and go, "This is my idea. Let me get it out there and see if it sticks." Yeah, I mean, I, I was in the huge kitchen sink press uh, mm -hmm. phase for a long time throughout the 90s, you know, with getting, you know, The Crow and The Tick and the uh, yes. cheese and, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I love comics, period. It's, I'm, I'm definitely more, a more Marvel fan, but I'll read a book to give it a chance. Sure, and I, just, I know I know my Marvel stuff way better than I know my DC. And I know a lot of image because, you know, like I said, late 90s, early 2000s, everybody was in. Like, I was a Wildcats and Gen 13 fan. I mean, nice. Gen 13 was so niche for the time. But, yes, Spoon. We all 
you, you, you had to have yelled it at least once in your life if you grew up in the 90s. <laughs> you yelled <laughs> spoon. <laughs> reference, yes. We, <laughs> uh, one, and of course, one of my favorite tick jokes, they never actually used in any of the shows, but it's all over the uh, the original uh, story they did of the Night of a Million Zillion Ninjas, where he's like, oh yeah, one of my favorite quotes uh, is from uh, the Double Indemnity, where it's uh, sure as 10 dimes will buy you a nickel. Or something like that. Sure as 10 dimes will buy you a dollar or something like that. And it's, it's like, that's such a stupid line, but that's like, it's one of his favorite lines of any movie. You're like, oh my God. Those are the ones that stick with you. They yeah. really are. Yeah, they, they absolutely are. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I have taken up enough of your time, my lady. Oh, that's fine. I am off work today and tomorrow. So I was more than happy to join you. This has been a lot yeah. of fun. I appreciate it. I know it's the first time we got to meet here because I, yes. I was trying to you know, get to hang out with, you know, all the different hosts we've got in the Serial Box Network. So it's nice to finally get to hang with you. Definitely. And get to just talk comics and have fun and be nerds. I know. Yeah, I, I keep threatening Ryan that I say, I, I want to sh uh, show up on he and his and Crayley's show. He's like, but yeah, it's like, we're like the new readers. And you're the old guys. Like, yeah, I know. It's like, it's fun for me to get to experience, <laughs> you know, things through it's, your eyes. It's watching like, somebody rediscover what you discovered. You know, it's, it's the... You get to, it's almost living it all over again, like seeing them find these comics that you're like, I'm so excited somebody else is reading this. It's, that's, that's been the really cool thing about talking with, you know, Crayley about it a lot is she, Kelly and I both have been into comics for a long time. Yeah. Crayley hasn't. And so we're watching her kind of go through the discovery we went through. Of course, I had it from the time I was like seven. So it's a little different. Yeah, and so it, it, you're, you're absolutely right, though. It, it's it's so fun to live vicariously through them. So, I mean, there's every now and then I'll give Ryan a couple of recommendations. I know his his stack is... Oh, yeah, he's got a list. But every now and then I'm like, okay, you're reading this, like, you really need to read this storyline right now because right. you're reading this thing, and so it's like, you got to read this here, so... Yeah, it's so, like, if you want to catch that reference, read this. Yeah, no, I could I could do that all day. And like I said, my, my brother is even more like that. I'll have to introduce you guys because I think you would probably probably talk for about three hours if you could. <laughs> Just do it on a day we don't have the cosplay cafe and y'all can go for hours on instance. We're we're at eight o'clock our time, nine o'clock yours. So you could you could talk for a couple of hours before before then. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And of course, I've still got like an hour and a half until wrestling starts tonight, so I'm I'm, I'm good to go. So <laughs> I'm I'm finally catching up on the Umbrella Academy while cleaning my house. So <laughs> see, I, I, I keep I, everybody keeps telling me I need to watch Umbrella Academy. I have I have yet to, but it's like, well, it's because right now I'm watching Stranger Things. And I boys. just finished that last night. <laughs> yeah, and Ms. Marvel and the new kids in the hall, and so yeah. it's like. Yeah, I the first season of the Umbrella Academy, I was kind of into it. The second season hooked me. So this is like the second season I rolled through. The first season I kind of was like, eh. and that was the same way with Stranger Things. The first two seasons because I my, I'm also into like all of the paranormal stuff and the research, like the MK Ultra project and everything that that's based on. So I wasn't as mind blown by the first two seasons of Stranger Things. The third season hooked me. And then the fourth season, you know, ripped my heart out. But you know. yeah, we, yeah, my wife and I, we have not watched the last episode of season four yet. We've I mean, they're like movies. We've, we've got they're they're know, literally movies. And I mean, they're they're amazing. 
but you have to have the, it's kind of hard being an adult fan i think andre said it earlier adulting is hard and it is it, i know well it's like yeah we got episode seven which is like you know an hour and 45 mm-hmm. minutes but like the final episode is like was like two hours and change or something like yeah, that. yeah i i stopped it halfway to finish the those costume pieces that i had to deliver today and then finished watching it and i'm looking down i'm like it was four o'clock in the morning and i'm like okay i usually go to bed at this time because i work nights but i've literally been watching stranger things for two hours now so. oh man i was like i don't know if you've got around to seeing the snyder cut of justice league but that's like a couple of days you uh, know. that's like me watching all of the director's cut lord of the rings movies in a row so yeah. I, we nerds I, I, are dedicated Oh, I, I, I still have my badge of honor of there was a theater in Louisville basically when Return was being released theatrically. They did a marathon of the extended cuts of Fellowship and Two Towers shown theatrically and then the premiere of Return of the King, the, the theatrical uh, cut of Return. So, the, so I literally spent all day in the theater watching Lord of the Rings and it was amazing. And yeah, none of us would be upset about that. It's like the meme that said, you think I'm going to sit down and watch a 12-hour movie that is word for word from the book? You're right. Let's get the popcorn. <laughs> you know, I'm like, sign me up. I'm there. I know. When I, when I knew the extended cuts were coming out of the movies, and then when they finally get to return, I'm like, all right, how long is the extended cut? Like, four hours. Like, yes. Four hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, and I was very skeptical about this Amazon series coming out, but after seeing some of the trailers, I'm like, Okay. I'm going to give it a shot. Like anything else, I go into it to see what it is. And if I don't like it, I don't have to watch it again. You yeah, don't have to yell at everybody on the internet to not watch it because you didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. It's like, look, somebody liked the Hobbit movies. I didn't hate them, but I didn't love them. Well, so. I mean, it's like, to me, it's like, you know, I don't blame anything on Peter Jackson or, you know, or his team whatsoever. It's 100% uh, new line on that one. Because yeah. Peter's like, okay, I can do maybe two movies from the Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. No, 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 well, no. Just because of the way they were going, I was really expecting watching those movies for Keely and Feely not to die at the end like they do in the books because they just, the way they were playing it, I'm like, y'all are going to make these two live. They killed them. <laughs> I was like, okay. And that's not a spoiler because that book's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the yeah. Of course, yeah, the, the the Hobbit does not compare to the you know the film for Lord of the Rings. So I basically it's like, well, so if you really want a perfect Hobbit, just go back to the Ralph Bakshi animated film. So. Yeah, the 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 Lord of the Rings were so unprecedented in what they did, yeah. and that's one of the things. Other, I mean, that other than the fact that they are actually really great movies, they. They filmed three movies at one time. They created technology that didn't exist to make those battle scenes. Watching the, I love, I'm one of those people, I love the extras on DVDs. Mm-hmm. And watching them, show, showing them, making the costumes, the armor, blow like hand-blown glass so that it, they said they didn't want people going, oh, I have that set of glasses on my table at home. Right. And it was, it was just beautiful and amazing and same reason, like, I know a lot of people don't love the Star Wars prequel prequels, but some of the stuff that they did for that, and as a costumer, I drool over those movies. Well, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, yeah, maybe the writing wasn't as perfect because, you know, it's 
you know, Lucas kind of handled a lot of it himself. And he yeah. had like, yeah, kind of a, a thing. He's an ideas guy. He doesn't need to put his hands on all of it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely it's, you know, I think you would almost get as much controversy of the look and how things are if we did a movie set in the High Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's, you know, you want to start contrast of how things look in a Star Wars universe. Right. Things back about a thousand years. But they, that I mean, he literally said when he made episodes four, five, and six, he did that intentionally because he said he wanted the technology to be better to do the prequels. Right. And it was a brighter time. It was, you know, the, the, the rebels are literally cobbling things together. So it's not going to look like a pristine Naboo starfighter like in the prequels. So he had a logic to it and if they they weren't terrible but they also weren't like the what what fans were waiting for and i still remember going to midnight showings with my brothers to see them and going my one of my first cosplay was from episode 1 and we okay. i wore it at the star wars celebration in 2002 when attack of the clones came out you know, it was it was really cool. You know, I've been to Star Wars celebrations and had a good time at those. And Star Wars is part of my life. It's part of something that my brothers and I bond over. And you know, I I was scared to ask my brothers their opinion about Kenobi because I know how they can be. They loved it. They were oh, yeah. so happy with it. And I was so glad because I'm like, please don't let me be happy with it. And they hate it. <laughs> I'm like, please, because they they're the ones that can tell you that alien's name that has two seconds of screen time. Yeah. So, nice. but yeah, no, my bro- my youngest brother was like, oh no, it was a solid show. He's like, I really liked it because they love the Bad Batch and the uh, attack, uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels. They love the, the, the animated stuff. So yeah. they're like, if you haven't watched the animated stuff, you're not going to get some of it. But I loved it. I loved Kenobi. I thought it was, it was really fun. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, yeah, I'm a big fan of the of the comics, especially the current stuff that's going yeah. around. And so, in the especially in Jason Aaron's run on Star Wars, Jason Aaron is another one of those that can just write gold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. he's been gold with words. Yes, he is. But he's you know uh, his run on Star Wars. You kind of got glimpses into Ben Kenobi's journals while yeah. he was on Tatooine. So Luke's kind of learning more about the Jedi ways. So you learn more about that. So you kind of got a feeling of that in the Kenobi show. Yeah. And also, we're finally starting to get at least showing us in film and in TV what Vader is really capable of. That's that. How- that's why I love the very end of Rogue One when you see him coming down that that hallway. You feel those people's fear in that hallway. Like they, Darth Vader is coming and they are terrified because they know that that's it. Their lives are over. Vader is there. You're screwed. And yeah. like I loved Rogue One. That's what that's probably my favorite of the new generation of Star Wars movies. That movie, yeah. it stands alone. It is amazing. But that last that little bit with Vader coming down that hallway, like that was cinematic gold. It was amazing. Like I was scared and I'm sitting in a theater watching it. I know. Yeah. And the thing too, I love so much about Rogue One, you know, is like just, you know, in general, but it really jazzes you up and makes you immediately want to go and watch New Hope. Yeah. You want to go back and start over. Yeah. Yeah, You really do. But it felt the most Star Wars, of the new ones 
Yeah. But I also like that we didn't have to make everything about the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm excited to see what they do with the Cassian Andor show. Yes. He, for, for a single standalone movie, his character was really deep. Yeah. And you know, you want to know about what made him so jaded and ready to take down the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I love Jen Erso. I think she's a, she is what you're supposed to do with a strong female lead. That is that is what she what a strong female lead should be. She's still vulnerable. She's but she's tough. She's willing to do what she's got to do. And I mean, I loved it. I could we could go on for another hour. Yeah, Star Wars has done a excellent job throughout its entire history of having strong female capable characters, starting with Leia. You know, yeah, and then we get there you know, weren't many, so but they were there. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was the only thing. There weren't many, but the ones that were there, they weren't just they weren't just the women. You know, Mon Mothma was helping lead the rebellion, and Leia is definitely not a pushover. I mean, she's trash talking a Wookiee the first time she meets him. I, I brave woman, brave woman. Well, <laughs> so. and, and let, let, let's let's not you know. You know, let go of the fact that basically, yeah, there are a few women who are highlighted in the Star Wars universe, but the ones who are tend to be yeah. in charge. Yeah. yeah. And, and my my oldest brother, his favorite Star Wars character is Ahsoka, yeah. and I'm like, that's so cool. My brother's favorite character is a badass woman character, and that's really cool. You know, you because you you see a lot of women having favorite male characters, but you don't see a lot of men having favorite women characters yeah. as much. And it's almost like they're like, oh, I can't like that woman character. But he's like, oh, no, Ahsoka's my favorite, and I can't wait for her show. <laughs> so. I can't wait for Thrawn. Thrawn is going to be, that's going to be impressive. I like, mean, you got to do it right, but. It, it seems like every Star Wars show, you've got like a breakout hit. You know, Mandalorian mm-hmm. was Baby Yoda. You know, Kenobi was, you know, basically Baby Leia, essentially. Yeah, you know, I, I was still surprised in the Book of Boba Fett, Cad Bane. Like, okay, first off, he looked amazing. And I I was having a conversation with my nephew, who's a big Star Wars fan. He's 17. So, you know, he's he's a baby Star Wars fan. But he's like, he's over there going, he can't be dead. They couldn't bring Cad Bane into it and then have him dead that quick. I'm like, I love that he is dissecting this show like we do. And it's just making me so excited. But Cad Bane, like, he was, oh, man, it was was impressive. I know, and, and to get you know a drop like that because uh, I was catching up on some of the Clone Wars series, you know, stuff like that. So basically, you know, I caught up to the point, and then you know, basically that that point comes up where your cat shows up, like, oh my god, yeah. So, oh, but, so good, so yeah, good. I say <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking very forward to the. Uh, of course, yeah. I mean, like August is going to be hitting us with a lot of stuff on Disney because we've got beginning of the month uh, we got She Hulk starting, end of the month is Cassie and Andor's show. And then somewhere in there, there's also a, a Star Wars summer Lego special. Yeah. I don't need that. I've got merchandise to make for a booth in September. <laughs> I've got a lot of sewing to do, and I don't need to be distracted. I work five days a week. My two days off don't need to be distracted. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah, too, too much too much TV to watch. You know, I, I'm trying yeah. to catch up on stuff. But that's why there's no TV in my sewing room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, would, I would be very distracted otherwise, so... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm got distracted with a new podcast right now. Um, 
download, which kind of is like a history of the internet sort of thing like that. They did a special eight episode uh, series on the uh, rise and fall of Ain't Cool News. And, you know, like the, you know, basically the rise and fall of Harry Knowles and all that stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I was like, I was. Yeah, I, can get a, I can get sucked into a podcast, but at least I don't have to watch that while I'm working. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was a big reader of Ain't Cool News back in the day. So I was like, this is a fascinating podcast for me. Yeah. So. Oh, all right. Well, We've gone a little long. <laughs> well, I, it's like I keep trying to wrap things up, but then we start talking about other good stuff. So I, I love. Hey, I look, love we're it. not going to run into a cosplay cafe episode, so we're good. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I was recently found out with through our technology is that as long as we're not broadcasting from the exact same spot, you guys can go as long as I'm going too. So <laughs> we have. It's been dangerous. <laughs> But, no, I have, I've had an absolutely great time talking with you. This has been, yes. it's been refreshing to be a very welcome woman in the community and just talking. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I, I'm glad to have you on here and hope to have you on a lot more. Cause yeah, definitely. I, I love talking geek stuff with geek people and everything like that. So yeah, come one, come all. That's what we're about here on the forum. So definitely. We'll definitely have to do it again. Absolutely. Well, you have yourself a good weekend and we will see you next time. Oh, all right, folks. Well, we're definitely going to be wrapping it up now as we've gone a while. So thank you guys for sticking around. Thank you for all your comments, your questions, and, uh, you know, interaction, everything like that. We always love having you guys out here. So you all have yourselves a wonderful week. Go see Thor. Uh, I know I spoiled just a little bit, but yeah, next week we're going to talk much more in depth about Thor. So there's a little bit to go through on that one. So you guys have yourself a good one and we'll see you next time on the Fanatic Forum.